in a series called Changing the Climate. It's been good. It's been hard, I think, in some respects, but it's been good. And this concept is basically where we're taking the concept of a climate, as you can see, the sun and the clouds and all that stuff, and applying it to our relationships. Um, and in part one, we talked about the key, key climate um, principle is that, the, that our climate dictates the forecast. You know, and we all know this, right? So, you know, that guy, if, if her thing spins up with a stormy cloud because she broke the valuable vase, the rest of the night could be, you know, cloudy with the chance of thunderstorms for the rest of the night, right? And that's the concept that we're talking about. And, and, and it's this, and, and this is very profound, I know this, that it's, if nothing changes in your climate, then nothing will change in your relationships and the climate of your relationships. And the forecast you had in 2015 is pretty much what you'll have in 2016. Uh, I know that that's crazy, right? You want to call, oh, this is amazing. If nothing changes, nothing changes. I mean, but really, it's the truth. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So we want to encourage you to change your climate um, so that you can have better relationships, so that you can have a better 2016. I don't know if you remembered back in November, uh, I did a series on forgiveness because we were headed into the holidays with people, you know, seeing people that we've been trying to avoid all year. So, I mean, if nothing changes, we'll be unpacking that series again in November. So I want to encourage you to get out there and make some changes, all right? Uh, part two, we talked about uh, topography, which was really when we talk about ourselves, our own personal climate. You know, we have mountains or walls, um, rivers, some valleys, and all that within ourselves. I, I, I drilled in on a key concept uh, called insecurity um, as a climate influencer and how, how that so influences our climate. And, and, and culture says that self-esteem is the cure for insecurity. I basically debunked that by saying insecurity is based on uh, the fear of not being accepted. So acceptance is the cure for insecurity. And, and basically I said through Christ, when we, we develop this and have this relationship with Christ, through Christ we gain full, unconditional, holy, completely accepted by God. And that acceptance from God bridges the gap of insecurity. And then in, in part three, we talked about the climate um, of our relationship improves when conflict is resolved, not ignored. So we talked about conflict in our relationship and how that can affect our climate and the forecast of that relationship. And you know, Eric did a great job of, you know, talking about the two, two different sides of, of peace uh, keeping where you just whatever it takes you know, let's not talk about this. Can't we all get along? You know, just whatever it takes to keep the peace, um, which doesn't work. And in, in fact, if you continue in that, at some point you will just dump that person, that relationship, because you can't, you can't maintain it anymore. There's just too much conflict and, and the peace can't be kept. What Eric encouraged all of us to do is make peace. So engage in the conflict in a sense of working for resolution and resolve conflict. Key principle there up on the screen. The climate of our relationship improves, which is what this is all about, when conflict is resolved, not ignored. And so today we are going to talk about 
um, a key influencer in climate, part four, uh, the conclusion here. And we can't really talk about, we couldn't anyway, talk about climate without talking about this particular thing. And, and this one comes close to home for me uh, because I, I was this person. And I want to encourage all of you to, to stay with me through, what, through this talk because you know people who are like this you may be this person. You may have experienced this in your life. You may be experiencing this life. You may face this in your life. We all have challenges in terms of storm clouds. And what I want to talk about today is, is the person, you've met this person, um, when you, you know, you're saying, you know, hey, you know, my, my boyfriend, he just uh, proposed to me, and I'm still, I look at the ring, and they say, Wow, what a beautiful ring. You know, the divorce rate is really high. I hope you make it. Ah, oh, dude, I just bought a new car. Dude, I'm so excited. Really? What'd you get? Oh, I bought a Chevy Impala. It's the new one. It has all this stuff. And Siri, she talks to you. It's awesome. Oh, wow. You know, the Impala really didn't get very good consumer reports. Um, you know, I, uh, right? How many of you met this person? Okay. It's tough. It's tough to be that person. And I've, I've been that person, not so vocal, but I've been in the place of where this person is. And basically what happens is enough bad things in a row. Because I'm not talking about like you had a bad day or you had a bad week or a month, maybe. I'm talking about when we intentionally bring, not maybe consciously, but we intentionally bring depression I'm sorry. What's the word? Pessimism. Thank you. Pessimism, pessimism, negativity, disillusionment, disappointment. When we consistently bring these things into our lives as part of our outlook, we get to a place where we're, we're saying, I just don't see how that, you know, nothing is ever works out for me. My life always sucks. And so our, our focus turns to the, to the, you know, we're watching Dr. Oz and Oprah and looking at, you know, the next worst thing. And, you know, they're spraying chemicals in the air. We're all going to die from cancer. I mean, it's just everything, everything negative. And it creates in us, it creates in us an unhealthy heart. And that unhealthy heart that is within us affects our climate. And we become that person, and I've been here because things went really bad for me for a long enough time. I just, I just lost sight of anything good. Ever. And then when things went well, like something good happened, I would discount it. Yeah, but, I mean, that's a one-time thing, right? Yeah, that, that's kind of good. Yeah, I brought this car, but it'll probably break down, you know. My kids, they're, they're on honor roll, but they probably won't be next year. This, you know, nothing good works out for me. And I believe it. And there comes a point in that, in that experience where I want it. Because I can't face the fact of how I've treated myself for all of this time with good things happening 
Because if this good thing happens, then what I've been saying this whole time is wrong. So that needs to come back down here and go in this category. And we continue. And, and this is where psychologists will talk about depression. And they'll tell you that depression has its own form of addiction. It has its own because it's comfortable. I'm used to being depressed. I can get people to do things I want them to because I'm depressed. There's a manipulation factor that can go with depression. Now, if you're, you're here and you're struggling with depression, I'm not, I don't know you. I'm not speaking about you. I'm speaking in general. Depression is like that. I fought depression for years. Okay, what I want to share with you today is the thing that God gave me that got me out of that depression. Because what God wants to share with you today is that there's a way out. There's a way, there's a positive way out. You know, and if you're here and you're like, okay, yeah, well, you know, you're the pastor. So, of course, you're saying, you know, you should, you should, you know, have hope because that's the thing. You should have hope. Of course, you're the pastor, but you don't know what I've been through. Okay. You don't know what I've been through either. <laughs> but secondly, <laughs> I mean, we could do stories if you want, but here's the truth. I'm going to talk to you today about a guy who has every right, every right to say there's hope. Because what this guy went through was years long, years long. And he did it well. And we can do it well if we know how to do it. You know, and maybe you're, you, you started your business and it was all pomp and circumstance, you know, awesome. Yay, giving away free stuff, and it was so exciting. But three months in, four months in, the newness is wore off. Your friends aren't coming anymore. The bills are stacking up, and you know, and it's just been this hard road. You know, some friends of mine own a business, and they borrow money to get through the the next year, and they pay it back over the course of that year, and they borrow money again in order to get, and they're just hoping to God. Praying that their business will work out enough that they can pay the money back so they have the credit to borrow it again to run their business. You know, so maybe you're, you're in the business. Maybe you started college, right? Went to college. Things didn't go well. It was all exciting at first, but then it just kept getting worse and worse, harder than you thought. You didn't get the support you needed. You had lots of reasons, etc. All that stuff, and you're in that place. You know, maybe you just got married or you're going to get married. Where's Brian Barry? Right? Hey, you're going to have your wedding day. It's all going to be exciting. And then I just want to tell you, you're going to have the first year of marriage. <laughs> right? And, you know, and it'll be hard. So I want to share with you, all of you, Brian, even you today, I want to share with all of you about hope and about having hope, about how to have hope and to keep hope. Alive, And I'm going to do that by talking about someone in the Bible, because this is this works for me. It could work for you. If you're going through a really difficult issue, something very, very challenging, you should open the Bible and, you know, look, try and find someone in the Bible who's going through what you're going through and see how they did it, because you will see how God gets involved and how God can get involved in your life and how he can make a difference in your life. So the person I want to talk about it, his name is. There were many, okay, I had to choose. This guy, is, I think, is just about right on perfect. It's Joseph. And Joseph is the son of Jacob. So I guess in English, would we say 
Joseph Jacobson, do you think? Anyway, so anyway, Joseph is, uh, he was the son of Jacob. Now, these, these were like the big three in the early part of uh, Israel and the nation. It's early in the Bible. Um, actually, Genesis 35, 37 to 50. Okay, just note right there how many chapters that is. Okay, so, so Joseph is the son of Jacob. Uh, Jacob is a, a big wig, if you will, in the, in, in the beginning of the Israel of God's people and all that. So Joseph is a, is a younger brother. He has 10 older brothers. Okay. So when Joseph, follow me, when Joseph is 17, okay, just 17. So he's 17 and, and he, God gives him a couple visions, like these dreams, and they're incredible dreams. Do you remember the dreams that you had for your life when you were young? He, God gave him a vision, a dream, and he saw himself elevated and his brothers were bowing down, worshiping or bowing down to him, showing him, not worshiping, but showing him respect and that kind of thing. A couple different dreams. Um, you know, so it was awesome. And he shared it with his brothers, you know, and his brothers were jealous. And they thought of Joseph, not because he was, but because he was 17. I mean, but they thought of him as just being this cocky little brat. He's always trying to show us up, all this, you know, the sibling rivalry thing, you know, daddy's favorite, all that stuff. Joseph was a good kid, I want you to know. And uh, <laughs> so they decided that this had to stop and because uh, it could only get worse from here. Maybe he would convince dad that these dreams need to come true on his timetable. So they threw him in a pit um, and were trying to decide whether to kill him or not. Um, they didn't have the guts to do that, couldn't do it. So they sold him to Egyptian um, slave traders who were passing by. Okay, So he was drugged from Israel with these Egyptian slave traders, which I'm sure they weren't treating him great, all the way over to Egypt where he was sold into slavery under Pharaoh's, um, one of Pharaoh's officers. Okay? Sound good? Right? Does this sound like an awesome start? Right? Things are going good. I'm like, yes, the dream. Ah, what, what? this isn't right. This isn't right. Right? So Joseph was in slavery for 11 years under Pharaoh's officer, his name was Potiphar. He was in slavery for 11 years, okay? It was bad, right, to be in that situation, especially, I mean, what about this dream? So then uh, Potiphar's wife takes a liking to Joseph. Now, Joseph has, how I know that Joseph didn't bring storm clouds into his climate was because he did according to how God would want him to live. He continued to do things to honor God to the place that that Potiphar put him in charge of everything. Okay? So, because he had hope based on this vision that God had given him. And so he, he um, Potiphar's wife, you know, she tries to sleep with him, basically, this whole, you know, thing. He rejects her, runs out. She's mad because she was rejected. And so she has, she tells Potiphar and Potiphar throws him in jail. And now he's in jail for two years. In an Egyptian jail for two years. This guy has every 
right to have brought storm clouds into his life, into his heart, into his climate. All the relationships. He could have easily done that. Yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. He gave me this vision, this big dream. Yeah, where is he now? What's going on with God now? Where, you know, I'm a slave. You know, these guys were supposed to, you know, I was elevated. I mean, maybe, maybe I was sleeping upside down or something because I'm definitely not elevated. (laughs) Did you get that? It was kind of a upside down. So it went, okay, sorry. Thanks, Andy. Andy got it, right? You're the man. I love you, Andy. Thanks, man. You, You got me. Thanks. So anyway. He had all the right to, to say that because then he spent time in two, for two years in prison after that. Then, uh, through some circumstances, he ends up in front of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he interprets this dream for Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is blown away by God's movement on this particular individual. It's, it's the first time we see in the Bible where, where someone references the spirit of God being in a person. And so that he gets that acknowledgement and, and he becomes number two over all of Egypt next to Pharaoh. Okay, that process took 13 years. It took 13 years of awfulness and he still hasn't seen the vision. By the time his brothers come and this vision takes place, it's 21 years. 21 years. So, so how did Joseph do it? How did he hang in there? How, what was the thing that kept him going? It's hope. He never lost sight of God. He kept hope in God's plan for his life. I think he even made some assumptions about what was going on, that maybe this was just part of what it took to get him to the place where he could fulfill the vision that God had for him. We can see this played out in, in Romans 5, uh, 34. So Paul is, a, is an apostle. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. He wrote this letter to the Romans, the church in Rome, um, and he says this in chapter 5. Not only so, so that's a reference to what he was talking about just before this. He says, we also glory in our sufferings. So glory, basically what this means is we take joy. We exalt in our suffering, right? I don't. <laughs> Do you? Does anybody? Yeah, I don't. Usually if it sucks, I'm happy to tell everybody it sucks, right? But Paul says, We glory in our sufferings because we know. So this is something I must not know if I'm complaining. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Now, perseverance, basically, the best definition I found is patient and unswerving endurance. Now, this is something I am really grateful for, for my mom and her line of her line of people. We can endure. It's just in us. In fact, there's something in us that says, don't tell me what I can't do. Okay, at 81, right, Mom? We had this conversation yesterday. So, right? Don't tell me what I can't do. Patient, unswerving endurance. And that perseverance, we can see that Joseph had to have done that 
through that time of slavery to continue to keep doing what God wanted him to do so that he could get where God wanted him to get. It, that's, that perseverance produces character. Okay, Character is basically approved faith and tried, tried integrity, tested integrity. Right? What would have happened if God elevated Joseph at 17 to second to Pharaoh? It wouldn't have gone well. God needed Joseph to, to persevere so that he could learn how to have that perseverance, to go through the suffering, to have perseverance so that he could have the character he would need to be able to fulfill God's plan. And as he stepped into that, his hope, right? Character produces hope, the hope that endures and the hope fulfilled of his vision that God had given him 21 years before. In verse 5, Paul says this, So hope in God's promises, not my plans, not what I want, not what I'm thinking. Hope in God's promises never disappoints us. Never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And when you became a believer, because this message, I'm really talking to believers here. When you became a believer, the Holy Spirit came in you. And that Holy Spirit communicates to us the love of God. And that love of God empowers us to have hope for what God promises. So if I were to summarize this, it's this. Hardship is good for us. Isn't that terrible? (laughs) Hardship is good for us. It makes us better people, people of character, people of integrity. It makes us people of hope when we respond to it with hope. When we get lost and I, I, I was there. If you get lost, despair, you lose sight of, of anything good. Is gonna, how, how can any of this go anywhere positive? This stinks. You do that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. You will create a climate of storm clouds. And we, we see these stories of, of people like Joseph and, and how they forged ahead. You know, there's, there's, uh, what's the name of that movie? Unbroken, right? Right? How many of you saw Unbroken? I mean, you look at that and we cheer him, that man and what he did and how he endured. But in our life and what we're looking at, we're not, we're not doing it. We're not persevering so that we can have the character and hope, and the hope that God wants us to have. So how did Joseph do it? I'm going to guess that how Joseph made it through those 11 years, because I'm sure when he was here, he wasn't thinking slavery and jail time was the answer, how he's going to get God's thing fulfilled. I'm just thinking. So what was it? How did he do it? How did he fought for hope? Okay, The people who survive 
the people who endure, persevere, who have character, they fight. They are fighting during that process. They fight for hope. Right? We cannot lose sight of God's promises in this time. We cannot lose sight of God's love during this time. We cannot lose sight of God's plan for us, that he created things before before we were ever born for us to do. We cannot lose sight of those things because this is the truth. Hear me. When God is your focus, hope is always in sight. When God is your focus, hope is always in sight. Right? Fighting for hope is tenaciously grabbing a hold of God and not letting go. We must fight for hope. We must fight for hope. And in the movie, uh, Louis Zamperini, I guess is the guy's name, um, he makes this quote. I don't know if it's actually in the movie or not. He says, where there's still life, there's still hope. Where there's still life, there's still hope. Can you give me the next slide, Gabe? This guy qualified for the Olympics. He was headed to the Olympics. He ended up in World War II tortured by the Japanese brutally. I mean, every, they did everything to torture him, to get him to speak uh, lies about the U.S. He fought for that. He survived. And he was an evangelist. You know what he preaches about? Hope. He preaches about hope. You know, and the, the, I want to give you something that, that helped me. That I, when I realized this, um, it really changed my, my ability to have hope. And it's simply this phrase, that just because things are not going according to our plan does not mean they are not going according to God's plan. And I have seen this over and over in my life and in people I work with, people I know, in their lives. I was talking to a lady um, a couple of weeks ago, and she was telling me, you know, this, they were on their second failed business. And this is what she said. She said, she's, you know, it was so hard. We, we cleared $2 million, but we were barely making it ourselves. And just the struggle that it was and that. And my, her husband got offered a job at another company that really liked his work, but they wanted to hire him and not buy the company. So he got this job. And she said, why were we ever trying to start a business? This is so awesome. We get paid vacation. We're not trying to do all this stuff. They have three kids. I mean, it's not really a good time for them to be trying to start a business. But you know what? She said, this has been the best thing. I know people. We, we had four rounds of layoffs where I work. Four rounds of layoffs after this company, uh, just before they bought us and after they bought us. I talked to those people. They were my friends. One of them I worked with for 18 years. And uh, he said it was the best thing ever. He said, I was devastated, but I love this job. I love what I'm doing right now. It's the best. All of them have said that. Recently, a lady I work with, that she, she got in with these compliance people, you know, because of the shift. And they didn't like her because she kept bringing up how we used to do it, which is better than how they do it. You know, they fired her. She's out of work. She wasn't sure. She took her, I think, eight weeks to find a job. She was devastated. 
She was laying on her mortgage. You know, which my, my colleague next to me, she would give me the reports because she was talking to her. You know, she has the best job right now. She got the best job. She loves what she's doing, and she is, it's such a better fit. You know, just because things are not going according to your plan, my plan, our plans, does not mean that God is not getting us where he wants us to be. Joseph is proof of that. Slavery and jail time? Are you kidding me? Oh, I see how that works. Yeah. God came through. It's an incredible story. You know, so... And it's just a wrap. I mean, what if, what if you take that challenge? What, what if you step forward and say, okay, I've been hanging on to all the storm clouds. I've been, I've been the one bringing neg- negativity, pessimism, disillusionment, disappointment, you name it, into my life, into my heart, into my climate. What if I, what if you changed What if you said, okay, tomorrow I'm just not going to be negative. I'm not going to be positive, but I'm not going to be negative. What if you took that step? You know, and the next day, okay, fine, again, it probably need two days of not being, you know, negative, but not being positive. But then Wednesday, what do you think? Can you make a positive statement? What if you did that? What if you did that? Because... The reason, if you were here earlier in the series and we had that question to go ask three people, what's it like to be on the other side of me? And you said, absolutely not. I will not ask that question. You know the answer. And it's, you're really negative all the time. You're affecting your climates already. Everyone knows you're like this, including you. This is your opportunity to start fresh today. And I'm going to give you a challenge in a minute. Before I do that, I want to talk about, to to those of you, you're here, you don't really have a relationship with God. You know, I've been talking about kind of Jesus stuff, and it's all this Christian thing, and it's really directed to Christians. You're not really talking to me. I am talking to you. I am. And and, and, And it's basically this. You need God in your life. You need God in your life because God is the author of hope. God is the author of love. And if you will engage in a relationship with the founder, creator of love and hope, your life will automatically improve in terms of your heart, how you feel, your relationships, because you will have that relationship with God. I'm not saying, you know, you're going to win the lottery and things like that. I'm talking about you. You know how you feel down and depressed and it feels like just there's no way out and there's no hope? You may feel that, but you'll have somewhere to turn. And God will answer your prayer and say, no, no, no. I love you. I accept you. I'm on your team. Actually, you're on my team. And I want to take you places. So let's go. So I want to give you that opportunity. And this opportunity is basically, it's based on this verse in, in, in a, a, cha- a book of the Bible called First John. John was one of Jesus' disciples. 
And John wrote this. He said, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him, in them, and they live in God. Do you want to live in God? Do you want that? If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love. We know and rely on the love God has for us. Do you want that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity, but I want to try and make it private. So I'm going to ask everybody if you'll just bow your heads and close your eyes. You know, just give us a private moment here. If you're interested, you want this relationship with God to improve things in your life. Could you just raise your hand? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? All right. So let I'm going to I'm going to lead you in a prayer while we're still quiet here. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And basically, if you're not familiar with prayer, I think most everybody is, but just in case, we're just talking to God. Okay, that's all prayer really is, is having a conversation with God like he's sitting right next to you because as a spirit being, he is. We all have a spirit, all of us. And God is spirit and he's here right now. So we're going to have this conversation with God. I'll lead you. And if you you want to pray, if you want to say more to him than that, you go for it. But I'll just lead you in this prayer. And if Christians, if you'll pray with us, just so that there's, it's more comfortable for those who are praying this for the first time. And, and here's the prayer, okay? Jesus, I acknowledge that you're the Son of God. Come live in me. Change my heart. Change my life for the better. As only you can. Forgive me of the sins, the things I've done wrong, God. Thank you for accepting me as I am. In your name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we have a connection card that would would be in the bulletin or there's some out front, please fill that out and just let us know so we can be praying for you. Also out front, if you don't have a Bible, we have one for you for free. Um, And and they're on the table. And then there's another book called 10 Steps Toward Christ. And it will empower you to, to understand this thing. Okay, so I prayed this prayer and now what happens? Well, read the book and it'll, it'll lead you through the process. And then of course, Come back here next Sunday so we can encourage you and help you and empower you in your new relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, they were like, I think there are probably 10 hands raised or or better. So praise the Lord for that. So here's the challenge because at the Grove, we have homework. Okay, so here's your homework for the week. All right. And it's this. I want if you're in that place, you're that person. And you're struggling with bringing negativity. And maybe you're not as bad as what I was saying. I don't care. If you're bringing negativity, pessimism, disillusionment, the whole list. If you're bringing that into your relationships, into your heart, you need to stop. And I want you to write an I want to change, Lord, please help me letter this week. Okay? 
write the letter and invite God to help you. And this much I can promise. This changed me. It will change you. It works. If you invite God into your life and you keep God the focus, hope will always be in sight. Amen? That's my challenge. You've got to choose hope. Okay? If you're there, after you write this letter, I'll give you a little practical. Really, stop being negative. If you can't be positive, just don't be negative. Take those steps. Write this letter and let God change your life. Amen. Did you guys notice the slides at all? Curious? So here's the first slide. Go to the next one. This was the first slide. Did you notice it? All right. I'd give you a prize, but, you know, I don't have one. A donut. Everybody saw this. Get a donut. What? You notice? Good, Andy. So this was our first slide. The last slide looks like this. Go to the next one. This was done by our creative team because this is what we want. This is what we want for you. This is what God wants for you, to go from storm clouds to partly cloudy to hopefully sunny skies. Amen? Amen. Um, Let me just pray for everybody. Lord, I just pray that you will do this in us, God. We, We so need encouragement, Lord. Life is really challenging. It seems like... Right now, I think it's always been challenging, but right now for us, Lord, life can be so challenging. And Lord, we need hope. We need to be able to focus on you. We need that encouragement, Lord, to just be ever-present in our lives, in our hearts, and our minds, God, that, that we can have you by our sides. Lord, you'll take us by your right hand. Lord, you'll walk every road with us. And encourage us, Lord, and get us to a place where we are accomplishing what you would have for us. Lord, we can rejoice in our suffering so we can persevere and have character and hope. God, bring hope to us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.